We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, we've got a great program today. In a few moments, we'll talk with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, my old friend and uh, compadre in the fight for conservatism in America. We will talk about his column. It's a kind of end of the year column that he and Andy Schlafly wrote called Where Leftism. It's titled, the title is Where Leftism Crashed. In 2022, where leftism crashed, leftism crashed in 2022. He takes on the media, takes on the marijuana industry and a lot more. You're going to want to listen to that interview with John Schlafly, always entertaining, very thoughtful uh, gentleman. Uh, so we'll get to that. Well, it is uh, uh, end of the year. And there's a lot happening, a lot of cold across the country. Hopefully, uh, if you're in San Diego, you're not cold where our show originates. Uh, but it is cold a lot of places in the other parts of the country. I did an interview uh, earlier today, and I'm not sure that I want to make this my uh, wink for this uh, show, What You Need to Know. Remember, each of the uh, each of my programs and the podcast that we turn it into open with a segment called What You Need to Know, the wink, W-Y-N-K. I'll drop the two. And... Um, Every day you can get an email in your inbox Monday through Friday uh, that's the Daily Wink, and that comes to you uh, if you go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there. Uh, it'll be sent to you. It's a, a couple of stories, a couple of key things, and what you need to know. What you need to know is right there. So, But today's Wink, I, I wanted to try to talk about how troubling it is to see more and more people uh, accepting slash understanding um, things about our justice system that seemed troubling to me. Um, so there was a sentence in one of the Michigan, uh, so-called Michigan kidnapping cases, uh, the plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, and one of the people who was involved in that uh, was sentenced to 16 years in prison in federal court. Um, he was convicted of a conspiracy charge. Uh, a couple of conspiracy charges during a second trial. The first trial was, I think, either a hung jury or a, a mistrial. And um, but here's the thing. At the heart of this matter, this case was at least FBI influence on um, what they were doing, meaning there was a paid FBI informant who was at the center of this uh, uh, so-called conspiracy. And so, you know, in a world now where we have less and less confidence in our law enforcement, the FBI in particular, I have I have a lot more confidence in local law enforcement. I think most people do because you can see the eyes. You can look into the eyes of the sheriff. You don't have to like him. Uh, you don't have to like her. There's lots of sheriffs that are elected. There's lots of sheriffs that are more liberal, uh, more conservative. In a, a city like St. Louis, where I'm from, you can see the prosecutor. You can say the prosecutor is a is a local prosecutor elected in the city, is very liberal. You can look and see in San Diego County and, uh, oh, up in San Francisco. You know, you can see and people will recall those. So local gives you more influence. National, federal, it feels far away. And my phrase, as I've told you, is distrust and verify distrust and verify meaning the starting point at this at this moment in history the the starting point is that 
the uh, you cannot trust what you're being told. You 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 just cannot. Um, the, you cannot try. Yeah, here, here's, and I'm looking at the coverage of this. Um, he was, he was, the guy that was convicted, uh, was regularly exposed to inflammatory e- uh, rhetoric by FBI informants. And they were, so the argument was there were FBI informants inside this effort and they were sort of instigating and being a big part of this. And again, I, that doesn't mean that you get to go ahead and, and do something wrong or even talk about doing something wrong. We'll get to that in a moment. But it does mean that there's at this point in history, in our, our history, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. And when you're charged with conspiracy, uh, you know, and, and the acts underlying didn't get completed. I think some did, though. I think, you know, gathering things to get ready to do it, um, you know, that's far enough along um, that the uh, the the reality is you're going to get charged. But. You can take this over to January 6th. The January 6th Select Committee has released its report, and I haven't read the whole thing. I've read summaries of it, and it's just one-sided. But it's covered as if it's a definitive report. It's covered by the media and big tech. It's, it's I think, a bestseller on Amazon. People are buying a copy of it. It's publicly available. You know, you could you could print it anytime you want, but it's publicly available. But you, people are buying a copy, and it's a bestseller. And it's it's pure, one-sided propaganda and that doesn't mean by the way that some of it's not true i don't know but i do know that it's propaganda it's one-sided there's no doubt about that there can be no doubt that it's one-sided and and the reason you know that is because from the beginning they were clear about that they hired an abc producer they wanted to do primetime hearings not primetime yeah primetime hearings uh and roll this stuff out they announced that they were going to put out a great report i think they've initially said they're going to put out the report before the election in november and then they realized that they didn't have much there so it was better to keep talking about it and so they they trotted out lots of 24 26 year old young staffers who were saying i think the president might have thought that and then they tried to tie the president to stuff and the best they could do is saying that they didn't they wish he had said stop sooner quicker because he said by three or four in the afternoon, he said, go home, be peaceful and all the rest. And they wish he could. So anyway, my point is it's one sided. So we're living in a world where one sided coverage by the media and big tech and government, the narrative machine is putting us in a position where I'm not sure you can get a fair federal trial because I'm not sure you can get a jury that hasn't been exposed to what I think are just outright lies. I mean, what you need to know is that the federal system of justice is really, really uh, on uh, the ropes here. It's really uh, struggling with the problem of what people feel, what people recognize. Let me say it better. I've said this before. It's what they see on social media, on the media, from the government. What they see becomes what they know. And it changes what they do, right? It, it becomes what you do. If you, if you see something enough, you're going to say, Oh, well, that's what, that's the way things are. And you're going to adjust what you do. It's inevitable. And so in what I know best in the January 6th cases in Washington, DC, the juries, they're just not, they don't have any interest in, in, they, they, they believe anyone who's been accused of these crimes is going to be guilty. And, you know, from the left, there ought to have been people, there ought to be people who say, We've been talking like that for a long time, you know, 
And they could accuse conservatives like me. They could say, you know, you you weren't paying attention when we told you that the federal government was being, you know, uh, uh, federal prosecutors were being overly hard on drugs or gangs or other crimes. And I would have to listen differently than I did five or six years ago. What you need to know, and I did this in an interview earlier today on another station, uh, what you need to know is the question isn't, should we distrust and verify? That's a must now. Our starting point must be distrust and verify. We have to distrust the FBI and verify what they're saying. That's the facts. That's the reality we're in. That's the world we're living in. But the bigger question is, what's the vision of reform, of change, that gives us a way forward. How do we come up with that? Because it can't stay the way it is. You cannot live with distrust. But what's the path forward? Who's going to lead the path forward? It's clear the Biden administration has their people in position in the Department of Justice, in the, you know, the U.S. attorney for uh, Washington, D.C., whatever. Now you got Republicans in the House that have some power. Are they going to find a vision for what they're going to do? It's going to be resisted in the Senate where the Republicans in the Senate just went along with a massive a bunch of them, a massive spending bill that keeps a lot of these things going. So what you need to know is, OK, we've established that distrust and verify is what we have to do. But now what? Now what? Where's the vision going forward? How do we come up with a vision? And who does it? Who does it? You know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the reality is when you say drain the swamp, it's not actually the swamp. Let's, let's pretend the swamp is filled with a hundred thousand, uh, government workers. I, 90,000 of them are not the ones who are making the decisions. They may be left. They may be right. They may be, um, they may be more, uh, let's say it differently. They, they may be left leaning. They may be, um, into their own preservation. They may be entitled in terms of they have great jobs and great pensions and great retirement and great, uh, uh, great, um, healthcare and all that. And they don't want that to change. But that's that's natural. That's natural. But 90% of them, 90,000, let's say there's 100,000, 90, there's more than that. But let's say 90% of them, they're not the ones that are deciding. But 10% are. 10% are. And at this point, the 10%, it feels that we cannot trust. It's distrust and verify regarding the 10%. What's the vision forward? You can't have the country distrust their government completely for very long. It doesn't work well. Maybe it's states, maybe it's state attorneys general, like incoming attorney general of Kansas, Chris Kobach, attorneys general banding together and doing some things. Maybe it's governors, but somebody's got to get a vision for what could happen. And when they do to address the distrust, we feel those that that leader will be followed. That's the reality. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk with John Schlafly. End of the year. Be back in a moment. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. That's what you need to know. Visit ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the daily wink right there. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, writes a weekly column. It publishes over at townhall.com late on Tuesday evening, Tuesday late afternoon, early evening. But it's also available at phyllisschlafly.com, where all of his columns are archived. And I think, John, this will be the last time we speak in 2022, uh, which is extraordinary to think that the year is over. I don't know where time is going or what's happening. It's like speeding up. Uh, but uh, welcome back, John Schlafly. How are you? 
Good, Ed. Uh, nice to talk to you today. Well, and I thought your column this week that where leftism crashed in 2022 was, and you write it with Andy Schlafly, of course, your brother, was an excellent uh, approach to the end of the year stories, right? There'll be lots of end of the year stories at who died, uh, who who got married, who got divorced, who uh, did whatever. And the title here, uh, as you point out, where leftism crashed in 2022, you go through um, some of the real uh, failures in what could be called the lefts uh, fields of endeavor now the, before i get to the specifics i wonder though john does the left care when they fail i mean you point out a lot of losses a lot of money losses for example but i read in the paper this morning i think um governor newsom is already ramping up for as his pensions fail in california um he's ready for another bailout um and he'll get a federal bailout on his pensions and my point is only that the left gets insulated from the cost of their failures i mean am i am i overthinking that no, there's a lot of truth to that, uh, Ed. There's no doubt about it. But it's still worth noting that the uh, you know people are voting with their feet by moving out of uh, California, Illinois, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, moving out of Democrat areas and moving to Republican areas. And this. this the population and census statistics are recording that, and the, that momentum seems to be picking up steam, actually. Is um, well, and and the the movement out. I mean, some of the movement out of these places uh, of these uh, you pointed California and others. I mean, they're going to places that are more uh, that are more significantly, uh, I don't know, free market, right? I mean, the movement is to Texas and Arizona uh, is how it feels, right? Yes, uh, Florida and Idaho is another winner. And uh, so, um, yeah, now, you know, people, every, every people are making their own choices in their own lives. And but when you add it all up, that's a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I do. I do and think, by the way, it's, I, it's I, too bad. I guess I guess we can't have, you know, re- you know, reassign some of the House seats and electoral votes in <laughs> 2023. But right. But if we did, that would be significant. Well, the one thing I was thinking, as you said that, though, you mentioned Idaho, our friend uh, Tammy Nichols, now State Senator Tammy Nichols, a longtime Phyllis Schlafly Eagle. Um, she will tell you that, um, that while it's staying red-ish, there's a lot of people moving to Idaho that are not particularly conservative. They vote they vote more uh, moderate, and they're bringing some of their uh, some of their um, uh, positions and policies uh, uh, to the state of Idaho, which is another danger. I mean, you know, there's there's parts of the country that were once conservative that ended up end up. Uh, uh, a lot less conservative. John, you in the middle of your column, you talk about the liberal media lost $540 billion in market value in 2022. Um, you refer to something which I didn't track. Uh, I think I maybe heard of it in the past, the Dow Jones Media Titans Index, which is uh, 30 of the largest media companies, including Disney. It went, it went down 40%. Is that market correction, John? For is everybody everybody's down twenty percent, right? So is some of that just the reality of the market being up? I mean, walk me through some, some of the of other it details. Is, yes, but the me, but the but the collapse of Disney and other media properties is, was bigger than the average. So that was, I think, worth noting. Hmm. And uh, Disney, of course, Disney. Uh, you talk about not learning their lesson, and Disney has brought back their former chairman, who's responsible for much of their woke policies, and I, I you know. He's now retaken control of the company. Bob Iger is his name. So I don't really see any, um, you know, I don't think they've learned their lesson over there either. Uh, Nor have the other media companies learned their lesson. They're, they're, 
they're determined to destroy America, I would say, and we just have to keep fighting them. Well, and we're, we're talking again with John Schlafly. His column is over at phyllisschlafly.com, as well as it uh, initially appears he and Andy Schlafly, the Schlafly Report on townhall.com. You refer in here to Babylon, a movie with a, a bomb. It's uh, it, it did terribly huge, big budget movie. Uh, streaming services way down. Um, you know, millions have, have turned off uh, um, uh, more than 100 million um, uh, Netflix viewers, it's estimated, are freeloading off of someone else's password um and all these kinds of things um but john um it it's the, the tech companies if not the media companies the tech companies are dominating right i mean i even even sort of anecdotal at christmas time hearing my teenage nephews and nieces refer to the um dominance of tiktok right they, 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 this is this is this is ruling the lives of kids young people i don't know 25 and under well, TikTok is poisonous, and uh, you know Donald Trump uh, tried to uh, turn it off, and unfortunately, he got pushback from people within his own administration on that issue, as on a number of other issues. Trump's instincts were right then, uh, as always, and uh, so now. But the you know there's a greater amount of mobilization about we we can't let TikTok continue. There's two issues with yeah, two main yeah, issues with TikTok. Right. One is their right. the Chinese surveillance, but the other is the content of what they're promoting to young people. They're both bad. Uh, we're done with John Schlafly. Um, John, one more question on the media part of this column, uh, which is a really good, re- uh, excuse me, re- re- year end kind of wrap up on uh, on the failure of uh, leftism uh, before we uh, shift over to the cannabis, so-called cannabis industry. Um, how big a factor is uh, Donald Trump's? You know, well, how do I say this? Donald Trump in 2015 and 16, he was so entertaining that he was the dominant entertainment for the country. I mean, people were watching him. They were seeing his timing, you know, his comedic timing. They, it was a phenomenon that I don't think people quite recognize. Uh, it's almost like we should go back in time. And then as president, a combination of the obsession with Trump and I think we now see a, I don't know, a deep state fueled antagonism with investigations and others made it so that you couldn't go on the on the cable news without hearing Trump's name. Since they knocked him off the platforms, he's had less uh, dominance in people's lives. I'm talking about Twitter and Facebook and others. But um, but they still are obsessed with him in every other way. They're going to cover like like Geraldo Rivera opening Al Capone's vault. They're going to re- cover the release of Donald Trump's tax returns this uh, coming, I don't know, Friday, the two days before the uh, the <laughs> New Year's Eve. Uh, but but how much of the loss of attention is because uh, nobody's looking up to to under to either follow what the news is covering or or follow the leaders well uh we've talked about this before ed trump has to get has to be in the conversation and uh the media has in a way they've managed to marginalize him and sideline him thanks to twitter and there's got to have a way to get back in the forefront i honestly don't know what the solution of that is but it's got to be done and quickly if Trump is going to have a political future. Well, then they're not going to cover Trump rallies the same way, right? I mean, you're, 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 you know, you and I have talked about it before. We, you get a rally somewhere before the election in November, and you're trying to track it down on uh, on Newsmax or uh, you know um, uh, a, a YouTube channel. 
Holland, so they're not going to come. All right, let, let's shift, Judge John. We'll come back at the end of this uh, interview with your sort of end of the year, I don't know, predictions or, or, or thoughts. But back to the column for a second. We're talking with John Schlafly. Uh, this week's column where leftism crashed. This was not covered at all, John. I'm glad you wrote about it, and I hope more will cover it. That is that the, the industry that is called cannabis, which is marijuana um, and legalizing marijuana, um, has really flopped. Now, again, I don't know if they care if it flopped because they wanted to make it legal and it's a long term play of the left, I think. But you, you go through some of how um, it really didn't. It's not worked. Well, Ed, I mean, for, for anybody who has followed this issue over the years, I mean, the number one uh, talking point for the pro-legalization uh, movement over the past 30, 40, 50 years has been that um, it will get rid of the criminality, that uh, we get rid of the, you know, the the Mexican drug lords, uh, that it would everything would be legal, be legal, regulated, and taxed, uh, and 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 the. And that would, uh, you know, but that has been a complete failure. That has not happened at all. Marijuana has been legalized now in, in some form or fashion in a majority of the states, and it has not eliminated the criminality. And in fact, the legal marijuana sellers can't compete. They're finding they're not making a profit because they cannot compete with the illegal drug trade, which has continued unabated. And, uh, you know, the people who sold us this have not paid a price uh, for how they were so completely wrong on what they promised. So, so people need to reckon, first recognize that they were sold a lie and to turn that around and to re- regain control of this, this subject. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. I mean, and you look at and we found out, you know, here we have Oklahoma. Uh, who knew that Oklahoma, which only legalized medical marijuana, and yet now in Oklahoma there are hundreds or even thousands of marijuana grows, they call them, places where it's grown. And uh, there was this one that was completely Chinese-owned, and there was a gangland uh, shooting where the people, where the Chinese people were killed. And, uh, you know, it's the wild, talk about the Wild West. This is an illegal business, even where it was legalized. It's essentially an illegal trade. John, this needs is to be a, shut down. Is this, a, is this an example? I mean, again, we're, we're watching, you point out in your column, we're talking with John Schlafly, three out of four Midwestern states rejected legalizing marijuana, right? I mean, there were four on the ballot. One of them passed, unfortunately, it was Missouri, but others rejected it. Um, is this another example of where you're sort of seeing the parsing out of people that want to live in a place where you're not going to have this, uh, you know, are going to are going to go to places where you're not going to have it? And and I, I guess the, the marijuana industry, there's so much money in it, they're, they're going to move across the country and move into every place. But uh, it feels like that could be another part of where people want to live. You don't want to live where you've got a dispensary on every corner. Well, of course, uh, you know, the states that allow easy access to the ballot, that presents a, you know, that's a tough situation. Uh, you know, the access to the ballot should be you know, limited. I mean, you know, because what you, what you have is, is you have people who have plenty of money, like that industry, and they simply buy, they simply buy it through a ballot initiative. 
And uh, we saw that happen in Missouri. We saw it happen in Michigan. You know, that's where that's how we got Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, by the way. It's right. because the election where she got in was an election that had marijuana on the ballot. And they spent millions of dollars to pass marijuana. And uh, you know, Gretchen Whitmer was collateral damage but that election. So uh, it's not just you know, the harm of marijuana, but it's also the harm in politics, too. Well, and, uh, and John, and John, so, at, the, at, at the end of this column, we're talking John Schlafly. John points out this, and the, out in uh, the the desert Southwest, they've got problems with water, as they always have to. The water's water's you know gold, liquid gold, and so um, in places uh, out there, you've got a, a drought emergency, and a lot of water issues are because they're growing marijuana. And again, John, I go back. I think I started the conversation with this. You know, uh, uh, we'll end up the federal government, meaning we, the taxpayers, will end up bailing out and paying for. Uh, you know, the kinds of projects and the kinds of things that, you know, we don't want droughts, but droughts are happening because of, of choices people uh, make. All right, John, I want to leave that column for a minute. I ask you uh, uh, two things. One is I mentioned end of the year thoughts. But before we get to that, yesterday I had on the, the program Todd Benzman and Todd Benzman was uh, leaving to go uh, into Mexico uh, to try to cover uh, what he has described uh, eloquently, at least and regularly, is a massive crisis that is, you know, you listen listen to Todd Benzman and you hear this is um, it's very simple. You'll know this, John, but our listeners to say it again. He, he, he said it so simply yesterday on the day of Biden's inauguration. He, he stopped enforcing Title 42. The Trump administration was sending about 90 percent of the people who hit the border back to Mexico. And now it's down to about 30 percent and it's going to go to zero, he thinks, Todd. And we're just being flooded here, John. And and here's the question on two questions. One is it's not getting any attention. I mean, a little bit on Fox News, a little bit on certain shows. Tucker covered it a little bit, but it's not it's not caught the imagination. Even uh, Governor Abbott sends um, whatever, 15 or 30 migrants, illegal aliens up to Kamala Harris's house, um, gets a little bit of coverage, but it's not getting coverage. The second thing is, John, I don't think it's ever been worse. This is a, this is like a this is an actual sovereignty crisis. Yes, and you know the the numbers are astounding. Uh, it's you know the best estimate is well over five million now, uh, in, the, in the last two years, and but the numbers that are crossing daily, I mean they're in, they're increasing. It was uh, we wrote a column a month ago when it was like a thousand, but now it's about five thousand a day, um, and uh, it's an endless flow of people. This is changing our country. And uh, which is, of course, what some people want. Uh, and so there's a constituency of people who want this to happen. And those people now control the Biden administration. And so they don't see a problem. This is what they want. And the question is whether the Americans who don't want that are going to be able to stop it. Well, and but again, back to the different thing. I don't know why. I mean, I think I know some pieces of why. I meaning um, why people aren't up in arms. And part of the reason why is because we've been c- conditioned to think that it's somehow mean and racist to 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 have the opinion that the. And I'm not saying you and me. You and I talk about it all the time. And, but I mean, Americans are like, oh, I don't want to be mean to people. You know, these are people that are just trying to get a chance. I think there's part of that psychology. But the second one is this idea 
idea if if I gave you ten dollars and I said, um, you know, what, what are you going to spend it on? It's easy to see what ten dollars go to, goes to. If if there's a hundred illegal aliens coming to the country, you can see where they went. If it's five million, the problem's almost too big, and people don't uh, can't sort of wrap their head around it. But as they go about their business uh, in life, we're talking about something that is. I mean, it's you know, why isn't there a Tea Party rally over the fact that because they have, by the way, they have these now in Italy and and other parts of the world where people actually gather and say, why is our migrant policy this? Um, and they're having rallies and things I, I, somewhat successfully. I I just don't know if there's a way to um, capture the imagination of the American people to see what's going on. Well, there's a machine that uh, processes these people and then resettles them across the country. And uh, they use what they call NGOs, which are many of religious organizations, to pay for the costs of transportation and uh, support for several months. And, and, And until they blend in to the uh, population, and so they haven't really. So it's hard for people to really see them, and so that's part of the problem. But I mean, the numbers are just so astounding that I don't see how that can be concealed much longer. Although there was more money in the, uh, you know, the yeah, omnibus exactly, exactly. package that just passed to right. uh, continue funding this pipeline. Now, you a moment ago, Ed, you talked about people who just want a better life. That's not a valid reason for asylum. Let's, right. be, let's be clear about that. These people are being allowed on the theory, which is bogus, but the theory that they can apply for asylum. The fact is that the, almost all of them do not have any valid claim for asylum. And wanting a better life, wanting to feed their family, uh, that kind of thing, that's not... That, uh, that yeah, is but, not, but John, but John, let me, let me anyone let me, eligible for asylum. But let they me, need to re, they yeah. need to be removed and kept out of the United States until until they are screened. John, but this is I want to make this point. This is I'm glad you did. Got, we got to this in America in the last 40, 50 years. A couple of examples of how the left and the government uses the law and then lies about it to transform things. One, I would say, is the asbestos cases where it started out as a real disease people got from having worked with asbestos and then it became a racket where there's tens of millions of dollars appropriated every year asbestos lawyers find people to claim it everybody gets paid the claimant gets paid the lawyers get paid the defense lawyers get paid everybody gets paid and that's that legal system sort of hums along another example i remember when i worked for the state of missouri was the workers comp system where the aljs the administrative law judges were previously lawyers who worked on the cases to get uh to get the uh, workers comp or to get disability another one and so they go into court and here's the defense lawyer he says this is what that person says and they grant all these things and the system which is dishonorable and not real is now greased in the direction of what they wanted which is more money passing through to lawyers and passing through to individuals in this case as you point out there's an industry around placing and and managing these migrants And while you may point to in St. Louis, you and I both know the International Institute and you see lots of do-gooders. You know, there's a great story of uh, this person who was uh, really persecuted in their country who comes to St. Louis and lives a life. Okay, but most of the rest of the time, it's not that, as you point out. But the system colors their via the 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 lack of of real reason with the sheen of law. And they're here and they're never going back. That's the way it feels. 
Yes, you're you're right, uh, Ed, that there is a an industry, a group of Americans who are getting paid to promote this and manage it. And so they're going to first and foremost protect themselves. And then secondly, you know, they'll they'll protect their jobs, their careers, uh, which is dependent upon a steady flow of migrants. So, you know, and they will spend a portion of the money that they get from the federal government to lobby for more. That's what always happens. So we've it makes it more difficult for those for people to put a stop to it because you've got a group of people who are effectively being paid by our tax dollars to get more tax money for themselves. Right. Exactly. All right, John, we just got a minute or so left. Um, end of the year, 2022 or what you may, we'll, we'll talk about 2023 next week, but end of the year, uh, any, any uh, thoughts on uh, other than maybe good riddance to some of it, but uh, what are your, any thoughts on the end of the year here? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the new things are going to happen, and we we need to be prepared to take advantage of uh, events in order to redirect our country. I don't know what the first opportunity will be, but we need to be ready for it, Ed. Well, you I know, mean, the, that's I thought, what we try to do. I thought you were going to say uh, 2023, 2022 should have been the year that proved to all Americans of goodwill that uh, uh, ballot harvesting and mail-in ballots can't work. Uh, but you missed uh, you missed my lead there. Anyway, we'll talk. We'll cover that okay. next week on 2023. All right, John Schlafly, as always, thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll talk again in the new year. Appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, if you go over to phyllisschlafly.com, you can see all of John and Andy's columns for the year archived there. Be back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let me uh, cover a little ground here. I want to... Uh, pause at the end of the year here in praise of my friend Todd Benzman. Uh, Todd Benzman has done yeoman's work. You heard him on this program a few days ago. Um, he's on regularly. Todd Benzman is the senior national security fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, and he is really, really important. He's a great guy. He's very active in his investigative journalism, meaning he's down south of the border. He's on the border. He's got contacts. His website is toddbensman.com. Todd, T-O-D-D-B-E-N-S-M-A-N.com. I encourage you to go there and click on his uh, book, Overrun, How Joe Biden and Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. It's worth it. You should get it. You should have it. It's important. Um, it is... Uh, it is the best at describing what's going on, uh, what's happening, and you want to get it. You want to have it. You want to be able to uh, to be uh, get up to speed on it. So um, he's great. And the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, CIS.org, uh, if you go there and, and check out their writings, they've got him and a few others. It's really um, super. Uh, by the way, Todd Benzman's book, Overrun, you can pre-order it. That's what I did. And it is out on February 21st, 2023. So less than eight weeks from now, you can get it. It will capture what's going on. The only problem is, I told him, joking, he may have to quickly add another chapter I mean, because it's a, there's more happening faster than ever. But it's really important to understand the dynamic. Todd Benzman. His book is called Overrun, Post Hill Press. Pre-order it now. 
help get the word out and support this guy. If you go to CIS.org and you like what they're doing, support what they're doing. Um, their Center for Immigration Studies, Fearless, they've got a bunch of people writing, uh, paying attention, and more importantly, they got uh, Todd Benzman, who is so valuable. So please support um, the good uh, men and women, the people who are out there doing so much because it really does matter. It makes a big difference to them. Um, you can help by uh, sharing at Benzman Todd on Twitter. Um, he's over on Getter and Truth. Uh, you can find him there. I think it's T. Benzman on Getter, uh, Todd Benzman on Truth. And get the word out and, and help get people listening. He is an old-fashioned journalist. Just He has an opinion because he sees, uh, in the sense that he sees something going very wrong for our country. So you can hear it when you listen to him. But he's not a politician. He's an investigative uh, reporter. He'll tell you that the Trump administration didn't do all the things they said they were going to do either. He, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of the facts. And um, so, But he's really clear-eyed. And right now, you can't get anybody to tell you the truth of what's happening at the border. And more importantly, what's happening sort of around the border, um, you know, uh, south of the border and the rest of the world where they're hearing uh, what's happening and, and knowing um, that they can come to America. Um, so he's really great. Todd Benzman, toddbenzman.com, cis.org. I can't praise him enough as this new year is ending. He really is one of the American greats uh, in terms of his journalism and what he's delivering to us. So support him in any way that you can, that you feel uh, uh, open to. And again, his book is Overrun by Post Hill Press. And you're going to want uh, to get a, a copy of that book as soon as you possibly can. And uh, and and you're going to want to... Um, uh, clue into that really uh, well because it's going to be important in this, this coming year. That's my prediction. All right. I got to take a break. I'll be right back and wrap things up. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Liberals in favor of an open-door immigration policy with Latin American countries love to paint the picture of Hispanics trying to get into our country who only want to seek the American dream for themselves and their children. The truth is that even second- and third-generation Hispanic immigrants are not merely as likely to achieve upward mobility as white Americans— The unemployment rate for first-generation Hispanic immigrants is 10%, but that percentage jumps to 21% for third-generation Hispanics. That means that the longer Hispanic families stay in America, the worse off they will likely be, and the greater burden they will be on American tax-paid welfare benefits. According to the American Community Survey, The first-generation Hispanic men are 27% likely to be in prison. That should be a red flag to Americans concerned about the effect of immigration on our country. Unfortunately, it gets worse later on. When a man of Hispanic descent is actually born in America, they are 157% more likely to go to prison. This is a problem that should concern every American. Every year, thousands of people from Latin America are let into the United States legally, and countless more come illegally. America has no reason, much less any obligation, to offer citizenship and its many benefits to these people. Prior to 1965, 
America only took immigrants who could prove they had a plan to support themselves and not become a burden to U.S. taxpayers. When Ted Kennedy's 1965 immigration reform went into effect, all that changed. As we are starting to see the second and third generation effects of these changes, Americans should be warned that these policies are not good for our country and very expensive. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's do a 30-second thank you. 30-second thank you. I'm, I went long on interviews and conversations. So let me just say thank you to a couple of people, especially in San Diego. Noah Dingley, our producer, Steve Brodsky, who runs The Answer San Diego, Andrea Kay, my colleague there, all just so supportive. Thank you for all you do, especially Noah, uh, but the whole team there. Also, thank you to Ryan Height, my associate producer, for all he does. And thank you for listening. Got to run. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you soon. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.